appreciate your ministry today. The past several weeks, we've um, been in the book of James. I'll talk about that later. I always think of stuff that I'm going to say in my sermon like 20 minutes later, and, and then I ruin it by speaking about it early. But So I'll save the rest of the detail. We will get into James today, so I can technically say that we're continuing our series in James, but today being the annual business meeting uh, day, I kind of wanted to make the whole um, theme of the series, sermon today and then the devotional time in the meeting and just what the point of the annual business meeting is and all that kind of stuff. So as you can see, the title today is to be the church, and I wanted to give one uh, other quick update uh, with the worship, I know you guys have were seeing the Amanda and Nathan Keller up here often, and then um, his father passed away very unexpectedly, just within like a day, just was, um, yeah, very unexpectedly, and then they came back for one service after that happened, um, and I don't want to get into all the details, but different things he owned uh, farming business and just a lot of stuff was going on that uh, they needed to be staying uh, close to home. And so they've taken a break from uh, their ministry with us, but in the next couple of weeks they'll be returning. And so um, we just kind of put a pause and it went kind of a longer pause than um, you know any of us expected, but um, they are going to come back and continue in, in helping with the worship team. And I think our worship is going really well, and I'm appreciative of the team that we have and just the, you know, the ministry that they do, and we're just helping to um, build that uh, even better. And so if you've wondered where, what happened to the colors, uh, so that's what happened. Life uh, happened, and so uh, they will return and, and bless us some more, but it'll be a little bit. On this special day, as we set aside each year to celebrate the past and look forward to the next, uh, like I said, it's my goal um, to implore you today to be the church. Uh, a lot of times we go to church, um, we expect some from the church, or we talk about you know, the church or other churches, but really, we are the church. I grew up going to church, and it was a building to me, and it was what you do every Sunday morning, Wednesday night, um, anytime the door was open, Sunday night, Sunday morning, uh, we were in church. But it took me a while to realize that the church uh, would go on, whether it was at that building on 4224 East 4th Avenue in Spokane, Washington, or if it moved or if the building was gone, the church wasn't the building, the church was the people. And um, as we explore today what it means to be the church, my ultimate goal um, with this day, with this sermon, with the devotional, with our business, with everything, with the potluck, the fellowship meal, is that you would understand that you are part of being this church and helping this church to be the church, okay? Um, before I get into what it means to uh, be the church, 
I need you to do a quick exercise with me. Usually I start out with a joke or something fun. I don't know. Do you want me to make fun of something? I don't know. I didn't put anything in my notes. I was trying to recall some crazy annual business meeting stories in my 20 years, but they've all been pretty good and um, funny church stories. I, I don't know. There's so many of them. But, um, so in my notes, I'm just jumping right into it. But as I was thinking about the potluck today, I'll just make fun of, you know, this one thing. But up here, you guys are funny with your funeral dinners and potluck dinners and anything that's... um, Every area of the nation kind of has what they typically do. Um, And so with funerals or potlucks in the South when we were in Missouri, you had to have fried chicken every time. Um, If it was a funeral, the dinner was fried chicken and whatever. Um... And then we come up here, and in Williston and here, nobody does fried chicken. And we're like, that, where's the fried chicken? I'm about to go to Pizza Ranch, you know, and help you guys out here. But, um, you know, you guys do good dinners. I'm not saying they're bad. It's just everywhere's different, and I'm wondering where the fried chicken's at. So we got about a half hour, 45 minutes. Someone can call the Pizza Ranch and have them deliver it. Someone called it Chicken Ranch because their chicken's better than their pizza. I forget who. That was Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's probably true. Their pizza's probably more like Chuck E. Cheese, and their chicken's probably better than Kentucky Fried Chicken, so I give you that. And then someone introduced me to the uh, Leaver's Chicken is supposedly, I think that was Nathan, and they actually, they actually have some pretty good fried chicken. So... Anyway, we're probably not going to have fried chicken today. Uh, Nathan is not in the room, so he's probably making his bologna egg salad sandwiches as we speak. But if that's what you do in North Dakota, we're going to eat it. So we'll have it. We'll have it. So that's my spiel on potlucks. But um, going back to being the church, as we prepare for... um, this lesson of what's the purpose of the church, what's God's purpose for the church. I need you to do um, something for me real quick. I've been in church for my entire life, and I put down 44 years, and uh, it's going to be 45 in a few weeks, and um, I can't believe that. But I've had some bad experiences in life through the church. I've had Uh, false teachings or terrible leadership, moral uh, failures, different things like that throughout. Not every church and not every leader. I've had a lot, a lot more good experience and good leaders that I was under. But I don't hold any of that against God. Those people were humans and, um, you know, they were sinful just like the rest of us so I don't hold those things against God but I need you today before we can look at what the purpose of the church is I need you to push aside all your presuppositions of what you think the church is or what your experience uh, with church is put all your hurt any of the false teachings any bad experiences okay put push them aside 
So whenever I talk about that in the next few minutes, when I talk about church, don't think of those things, okay? Think about uh, God's purpose, the biblical example of the church. And uh, we're going to look through that lens. I don't, view, I don't want you to view what we're going to be talking about through the lens of, yeah, but you should have seen this, or yeah, but this happened, or yeah, but what about this or that, okay? I don't want you to look through a warped lens that, that was skewed by sinful human beings. I want you to learn God's purpose for his church and see how you are part of accomplishing that mission, okay? Can you do that with me? We got really quiet. Let me back up and take all notice. Let me pray uh, before we get into it today. Heavenly Father, God, I love you, Lord. I thank you for this message. I thank you for this church. Thank you for the many churches that I've uh, been a part of that's been foundational to my faith. Lord, I just pray that this sermon is something we all know already. We all know what the purpose is of the church is. God, but I pray today that you'd help each person to understand their purpose in fulfill, helping this church to fulfill its purpose in this community, in this region, Lord. I pray today that you would speak to us, challenge us, God, that we would be the church that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to begin by going way back, way back. Uh, Jesus talked to Simon Peter one day, and in Matthew 16, he tells Peter that he will build his church. And the Greek word there is ekklesia. It is Jesus setting the transition from the era of the law, so everything from when Moses, uh, when God gave the law to Moses up until Jesus in this moment, um, uh, we would call it the era of the law. And now Jesus is transitioning uh, to the era of the church, and that's the era, that the age, that's the time that we're in right now. From the time Jesus ascended into heaven and began the early church until Jesus comes back is the era of the church. God is using uh, the church to fulfill his mission. Before that, he used Jesus. Before that, he used the law. Okay? And before he, in, he put in the law into effect um, in the first few centuries of the world, um, that was kind of the creation world when everything was beginning. After the Jesus comes back, that'll be the... I didn't write it down, but that'll be the age of eternity where we'll see the end time events taking place and in, in eternity happening. It began, the church age began in Acts chapter 2 with what's termed as the early church. So whenever we say the early church, we're kind of referring to the Acts chapter 2 church that the 120 began in the upper room and quickly their numbers grew by thousands and thousands. Okay, the church, Ecclesia, as Jesus said, is the body of Christ. It is composed of all of those individuals who have by faith accepted Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior. It is people, not the buildings, not the denominations. Okay, it's literally 
the word church is used. We use the word church because the word Jesus used, ecclesia, when you translate that, it's an assembly, a gathering of people with the same purpose. If you literally look it up, it'll be a gathering of citizens. But the gathering has a purpose to it. And so for us, that purpose is to do what God's instructed us to do and fulfill the purpose and the mission that he has for us. And we call it church. Ephesians 1, 22 and 23 tells us that we, all of us, are the body of Christ and Christ is the head. And it says God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body. It's the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. The church age comprises of the entire era of grace. Jesus came uh, to bring grace. Uh, John 1.17 says, The law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. For the first time in history, God actually indwells in his creatures. This age is marked by the Holy Spirit indwelling believers and God working through them to accomplish his mission. So, you've heard me mention God's mission. What is his mission for the church? Mark 16, 15 uh, tells us the Great Commission, and we've probably, some of you have it memorized, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Go into the world, preach to all. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. There's our purpose. Tell everyone about Jesus. Do everything that he taught us. Okay, we can go. We can go eat now. Okay, that's it. That's his mission, okay? Be the church. Be a Christian. Be the church. Be a Christian. As I was preparing uh, earlier this week for, you know, this theme and this topic, I just had a check in my spirit of, um, as some of you are maybe new to being a Christian, uh, maybe just in the, you know, past couple years, you've made that decision to follow Christ and you're worried so much about looking like what you think a Christian is supposed to look like, that you put a lot of pressure on yourself. And we try to come here to this body of Christ, this church, and we feel like, well, if I'm a Christian and I've decided to follow Christ, I need to be this way. I need to look this way. I need to act this way. I need to be, the, I need to proclaim the same things. But you're new. You're a baby Christian. You're a young child in Christ. And you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself by doing that. 
at church or around your Christian friends, you try to act a certain way, but truly, when you get home or when you get around others, you're struggling to live the way that Jesus calls us to because you're not a strong Christian yet, and that's okay. I'm feeling led to tell you this today because sometimes we struggle and new Christians will think, I have to be this way, but I can't do it yet. How do I, how I, I'm failing at being a Christian and I'm sorry if we've pressured you uh, to feel that way. That, oh, now that I changed my life over to Christ, I got to do all of this and be all of this and just want to encourage you today that if you struggle with that behavior, any, any of it, you know that grace is when, when you first become a Christian, there's grace. There's grace when you've been a Christian for a long time. There's always grace. But there's grace when you struggle and you mess up. You're not flipping around and... and and denying Christ and oh, I'm never going to be say I got to be this way. I struggled one time and now I'm done. God's not going to wipe you off the face of the earth. There's grace. You're not expected to be perfect and to know everything that there is to know uh, about God and uh, being a Christian. So just be a Christian. Just follow Christ. It's our, we're going to see in a few minutes, it's our mission in this church to help raise and, and build you up and make you a stronger Christian, help you to mature. But when you first make that, I'm, I'm going to follow Christ, great. You don't end up, you don't have to be a 100 point Christian the very first week you decide to follow Christ. Are you following me? You understand? Is that helping any of you today? I don't, don't take this the wrong way. I'm not saying that I'm giving you a, a free pass or a license that, oh, well, Pastor Kevin said today that I can sin all that I want and God's going to, you know, okay, you have to try, okay? You make a point, you're going to live for Christ and try and, and, do, and do those things and stop doing the sin that you are used to doing before, so you should be growing and growing and growing, okay? What I wanted to speak to someone that's putting a lot of pressure on yourself to be a certain way and to, to be the perfect Christian when you've only been a Christian, you know, for a year or two, whatever it would be, right? We love you guys and we're here. We, we know it's hard. We know it's a struggle, Okay, just don't quit, don't give up because you can't be like St. Peter. I don't want to name anyone that's in the room, okay? I certainly don't want to name uh, myself, but we all want to help you. We want to be an example for you to help you grow in your relationship with God, okay? So my uh, title for this sermon and for the annual meeting coming up is to be the church. I want this group of believers at Bethel Assembly of God to carry out the purpose that God has called us to here in Carrington and around the towns uh, that are represented uh, around us here. 
even across the United States, around the world, God has chosen you and I as believers in him to be his agents for accomplishing this mission. We come together as a church to achieve three objectives in this mission, okay? So if you're going to start writing stuff down, this is the good stuff, okay? This is the mission that God wants us to accomplish. Number one, world evangelism. Number two, ministry to God, to God. We'll explain that. And build up the saints. Everything we do as a church should relate to one of these areas. Everything, the potluck, okay? A fun movie night, the Super Bowl party. Is it going to be super spiritual and will people get saved? Maybe not, but we're going to join together and the fellowship together, you're going to find that, hey, Christians can have fun and you can have a blast even if your team's not in the Super Bowl or if they didn't bring fried chicken to the potluck, okay? We can build each other up and, and grow uh, together. Everything we do, if there's ever anything in a church that is done that doesn't fall under these, then we need to start reprioritizing uh, or reassessing our priorities. So world, world evangelism, every, evangelism across the street, next door, in your workplace, and in Africa, in Eurasia, Europe, and Asia, all of that. Evangelism is anything that we do individually or as a group that speaks the gospel of Jesus Christ to unbelievers. I mean, we know that. But that's what the word evangelism means. We should be sharing Christ to unbelievers. Uh, this is the main goal that the other two objectives help us to achieve. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, he says in Luke 19, verse 10. So we, as a body of Christ, should have that as our main concern. Everything about the church, everything about us as Christians, is to help other people know their need for God and introduce them to him. The second one is ministry to God. It's more than just our worship or our prayer times. Those would be the obvious. We ministered to God as we worshiped Him and we're drawn into His presence, right? Or if we have special prayer times, those are obvious and we were created to worship God. All that we do should bring glory to God. Everything, everything we do should bring glory to God. In the church age, God has given us the Holy Spirit who works through us by the gifts that he equips us with. He gives us those gifts to do the work of the ministry. And all of that uh, will glorify him. That's ministry to God. Okay? Obeying God is worship. Using your gifts to tell others about Jesus or to build up other believers, is worship. It's all ministry to God. And the third one is building up saints. You are saints. Uh, sometimes we think saints would be the old people that have been, you know, 
around the church forever, but if you're a believer, uh, there's a few verses in the Bible where uh, they, they call us saints. So they're referring to any believer in Christ. So building up a saints is nurturing new believers into mature saints. It's the discipleship process. You probably know that word. Okay, that once you become a Christian, just like I gave a little spiel a few minutes ago, you should always be growing, learning on your own, in groups, in a corporate setting like this. Um, you should always be growing, learning more about God, getting closer to Him, praying more, reading His Bible. All of those things are, are the process of discipleship and how we build up saints. God wants us to grow in every way to be stronger and more equipped Christians. As I said, God equips us with gifts. We need to learn how to use them. It's like on-the-job training. I don't know, when I did it, we called it OJT. Does anyone know what that is? Is that a thing in North Dakota? Okay, somehow. good, good, good. So I did some OJT, on-the-job training. And uh, I was still expected to do the job even though I was learning on the job, okay? Uh, it was giving me, it was working towards a promotion or working towards education, but I was doing the job that I was learning to do, if that makes sense. And it's the same way um, in our walk with the Lord, okay? We're on the job training. We're Christians. We're learning how to be Christians, but we're still doing the ministry of Christians, and we're getting better and better, stronger as we go. We need to continue to grow. Throughout this year, and I can't remember when it started, but I'm not a huge uh, history nerd, but um, I like knowing history of stuff, and we have a tub of binders of all the history of this uh, body of believers, this church. And... um. Off and on, I would go to those and, and read some of the history of this ecclesia, this gathering of believers, this body of Christ named Bethel Chapel, now Bethel Assembly of God. In 1974, and possibly uh, a little earlier than that, a group of believers got together because one of their churches is closed, um, and I'm about 80% accurate that that's uh, one of the things, and then I'm a little less accurate, but I think it was a Baptist church in Fessenden area. You don't know? It was a Baptist church. Uh, so some of them went, or Cathay, okay. Okay, thank you. Yeah, German time, that's right. Okay, so uh, one of their churches closed down, and they began meeting in, a home, in different homes, and around 15 to 20 people would meet with uh, Reverend Don Wagner, the guy who has his uh, picture on the wall out there, was the founding pastor of our church. They would meet in, in various homes, and he would bring the message and the ministry of the church. That was a church, even though it didn't have a building. They were a church. At the same time, uh, the Assemblies of God, who were affiliated now, uh, owned the nursing home next door, and they were saving this piece of land. They own all, everything behind us too. And they were saving this piece of land with the intent to build a church on it. And praise God, the two groups 
uh, came together, probably through Pastor uh, Wagner, who is an Assemblies of God pastor. This connection was made. This group of believers needed a church. The Assemblies of God wanted a church on this land, so they gifted it to this body of believers. In order for the group uh, to build a physical church building on this property, they needed to be incorporated because that's what our government does. They want to know everything. No, just I, that's not in my notes. I didn't mean to go off on the government. But. So in January of 1975, the first board meeting took place in the home of Emery Brochat. They voted to proceed with incorporation. They had uh, bank accounts already. The church was already functioning as one as they would bring their funds together. They were already supporting missionaries. We have a list of, of who they gave to in 1974. Pretty interesting stuff. And they had um, a few of them in, in these notes had pledged to give in order for a building to be built. And a funny side note, uh, their goal for building this building, which is what you see here, and then the rooms back there in the kitchen, okay? Their goal was $100,000. They could build this whole thing with $100,000. Wow. I was a little more in shock of that. You guys need to be like, ooh. So I'm going to say that again. No, just kidding. But what my point of bringing this up is uh, there's a copy of the Articles of Incorporation of Bethel Chapel, and uh, in it, they have to write what's the purpose of this church. And it goes right with what the purpose that God is laying out for us. Praise the Lord. They wrote, the purpose of this church shall be establishing and maintaining a place for the worship of Almighty God, our Heavenly Father. That's ministry to God, number two. It's to provide a place of Christian fellowship, the cultivation of spiritual life for those believers of like precious faith. That's the building up of saints. To assume our share of responsibility and the privilege of propagating the gospel of Jesus Christ by all available means, both at home and in foreign lands. That's evangelism to help the stimulation of the members of this church to Christian service and the extension of the kingdom of God. Ever since the founding uh, members got together, uh, we've had this purpose, right? What God wants this church to be was their heart and their goal. And it's powerful to know that ever since the beginning of our church 50 years ago. Our mission has lined up exactly with how God wants his church to be. In the coming months, I would like to form a committee for uh, organizing a 50th anniversary celebration. That event could happen uh, later this year or next year, um, depending on which date you look at, okay? They were a church in 74, official in 75, um, their first board meeting was January. I don't think we should ask people to drive to uh, North Dakota in January. Uh, we would probably have to cancel it with the weather and all that. So we'll probably do it in the summer, okay, and have it uh, a more guaranteed great weather. But, um, 
But I, I would love to just celebrate the history of this church, invite you know, any of the uh, founding families. Uh, a lot of them are older. We still have some uh, communication with uh, Arlo and Betty Seidel. Some of the others have passed away. Some of the other pastors have passed away, but I'd love to have some uh, connection through them and, and just make it a special time together and um, highlighting the ministry of this church and celebrating God's goodness that this church uh, that's been here for 50 years would be here for another 50 years, right? So along those lines, I'd like to ask Jeannie uh, to come up. Uh, she had a wonderful idea. She's ready. Are you ready? You can come on up. And so uh, she had a wonderful idea of putting together something that helps us with this history. So I asked if she would come and uh, just share a little bit about that. She's only going to take 20 minutes. So. Oh, oh. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I, I asked him if we could start like a photo album for our church because when I started here, you guys became my family. And family means a lot to me. So just, oops, super easy. Just um, take some pictures of any events you're at. Um, we don't have the men's night. Mm -hmm. Men aren't very good at no, taking pictures. No, we don't take pictures, sorry. But the tea parties, the church in the park, the, the meeting, and if you don't want to print them, I'll give you my email, send them to me, I'll print them. And stop back and look at it. It's a lot of fun. And yeah, that's it. That's good. Thank you. Yeah. So we want to keep the history and... Uh, stuff going. So if you have, that'd be another thing. If you have pictures from 50 years ago of the church, we'd love to uh, use those in the anniversary next year. But if you'd like to be a part of uh, that organization of that type of a thing, please talk to me and we'll give some more details coming up. But one verse that speaks to how God makes it possible for us to accomplish his mission is in Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. In that, Paul tells us of the spiritual leadership or the spiritual offices, um, the gifts that God gives to those that he calls to lead these missions. Okay, there are other lists of gifts in Romans 14 and 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, and we've uh, talked about those. But So all of these gifts, and including these in Ephesians 4, they're all with the goal and purpose uh, that they would be used to fulfill the mission of the church. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 says, And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. The responsibility or of the mission is on each of the believers, but God calls leaders to pastor and teach the church, equipping the saints. And as pastor of this church, God is calling me to lead you to provide discipleship teaching 
Bible studies, spiritual growth events, activities, and so on and so on for every single one of us so that we will all grow in our faith to the fullness of Christ. Christian is Christ-like or little Christ's. We need to be like Christ. And so as we disciple and grow and, and mature, we'll become fully like Christ. When preparing for today, I challenged myself to be able to continue uh, my series in, uh, from James, Practical Faith for Practical Living. And I didn't want to skip James uh, or end the series. Next week, I want to do some more out of James. And so what can I find in the five chapters of James that would, you know, would help us in, with our theme today? <coughs> Excuse me. Even though it's not going to be a main text, one of his teachings is on faith and works. Do you have faith? Do you have works? Can you have both? How do you have one without the other? You, maybe you've heard of this uh, back and forth dilemma that he's presenting. And in James chapter 2, he says, What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed, and be filled, and yet do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works and I will show you my faith by my works. So to put this in the context of our church today and encouraging you to be the church, James is telling us that having faith in God but not doing any works renders our faith dead. Ooh, God. Man, you're really quiet. You're supposed to say amen on that one. So, no, just kidding. <laughs> so how are we supposed to accomplish the mission that God has for us to do if all we do is come into this building once a week, uh, worship Him, learn from His Word, and then we walk out of the building and we go about our everyday life. We never tell people about Jesus, we never uh, help anyone, we don't see a need, we're not aware of anything, or if we do, we don't meet it, I, uh, well, God bless you, and I don't know what to do, so bye-bye, okay? If we never stop and pray for someone, if we never speak life to a person, if we never clothe the poor or give food to the needy, what kind of faith is that? Dead faith. Worship team, if you'll come, we'll wrap up with this. If Bethel Assembly of God of Carrington, North Dakota, wishes to be a church for 50 more years, and we do, and I intend to pastor uh, this church for that whole time, which I'll be 94. Amen. Nice. Amen. <laughs> 
I think there's a couple pastors that are 94. And, no, okay, maybe we won't be able to make it that long. But uh, we must be the church and we must back up our faith with our works. Too many churches are closing down. I've been in ministerial meetings in this area and they, they talk about other denominations, talk about churches that have had to close just in this preparation the other day, just did a quick Google search and just in the past year or two, six churches in our area, that just in eastern North Dakota, six churches have had to close their doors. I don't ever want to be a part of that where you walk out and lock the door for the last time no no we're not going to have that happen if we don't want that to happen we must evangelize this region we must mobilize missionaries to reach the foreign lands we must glorify God in all that we do and use the gifts that he's put in us to reach others We must build up the saints for the work of the ministry. We must disciple and grow and mature to the fullness of Christ that we can be. Would you stand with me? As we close today, we need you to be the church. Okay? So I'm going to close in prayer and we'll have an ending song here. But Heavenly Father God, I just pray that you would speak to us today. Maybe you have through our uh, sermon today and our prayer time today. God, I just pray that you'd help us. What is our part in this church? What is the giftings that you've placed in our life? God, that we can speak boldly about Jesus to our coworkers, to our friends, that we could live out our Christian faith, that people would ask us, what's the difference in your life and we would have uh, be ready to have the answer of our hope in you Lord I pray that you would uh, bless this church with many more years of ministry I'm so thankful as I read names of the founding um, families of this church Lord bless them bless them if they're uh, alive if they passed on to uh, the, the calling of God to their children bless them Lord be with them in a special way. God, and we just pray that um, you'd help this church to be a lighthouse in this community and just a joy and a hope to this community. Lord, the towns that are represented in the body of Christ here, help us, Lord. We want to fulfill your mission. We don't want it to go undone. (laughs) God, help us, challenge us, Lord. Help us to see the needs and how we can meet those. Lord, help us to uh, see um, the people to talk to. God, give us courage to pray with one another, Lord, and just be built up in you, Lord. I pray a blessing over the meal we're about to uh, partake of, Lord, that um, bless all the hands that have uh, prepared it. Just bless our fellowship time together. We pray over our meeting, Lord, that you'd be glorified through the business of the church, Lord, that we would be in unity, God. So I just want to glorify and lift you up, Lord, and help us. Help us to be a part of achieving your mission. In Jesus' name, amen.